Man, my holiday bills are almost as hard to get rid of as my in-laws. I guess my budget will be my New Year's resolution again. Hi there, friendly S&T banker here. The aftermath of the holidays can be tough. Have you thought about using the equity in your home to consolidate your debt? I can do that? Yep. Home equities are one of the lowest cost financing options. At S&T Bank, we can help you so you can have a financial fresh start. Stop by a branch or visit stbank.com to learn more. S&T Bank. Member FDIC. Equal housing lender. Hour number two here on our final day from Radio Row. If you've been rocking and rolling with us in our coverage this week, you know what that means. Our buddy Matt Williamson, SNR extraordinaire, to start his four-hour shift to get us out of here today. Yeah, yeah. We got you've got no, no break, break today, You've got right? no break in the middle today. Four-hour shift and then a five-hour ride home, and there you go. Ooh, I like home. it, man. I'm over here. We just, you know, first, you know, first down. Got off. We're good. Good yeah, start. Yeah, good yeah. start. Good start. Second headed, down headed right change. now. Yeah, we're headed to change right now. So right, second right, down. Right. So I'm telling you right now, alert screen, alert draw. All right. That's what we're playing for. All okay. right. Okay. Alert screen, alert I was draw. I about taking the deep shot right off the bat. No, no, no. They're not aggressive like that right now. No, no, no. We ain't aggressive. <laughs> we're ahead of the sticks right now. Let's stay on, let's stay on schedule right now. Stay on schedule. Time of possession. Yes. Yeah, right, yes. Right. Yes. Turn that clock. Yes. Wear them down. All right. right. <laughs> without a doubt. Without a doubt. So, Matt, I'd be interested to get your uh, take on this. Uh, Moats and I spent some time at the, you know, we were going over some of the stuff from yesterday and everything and and some some of the guys who had some success and did, you know, tested well for themselves is the right way to put it. We were discussing Chop Robinson Mm. and how you would balance the athleticism, the eyeball test, the explosive numbers that he put up here yesterday with his production in college, which is kind of like the sticking point, right? He's got nine and a half sacks over the last two years, which obviously is middling production yeah it's not great right but he he still has like he still clearly has a lot of traits and attributes he's still clearly very talented how do you you know from your scouting world and everything what's that balance look like to you of we know this guy has tools we know this guy has talent can we get him to that that final polished product of being able to finish how do you balance the the stats with the eyeballs and the potential and and that kind of whole conversation yeah and before we do i just want to throw this out there the steelers sitting at 20 are really happy chop robinson did what he did yesterday sure yeah sure maybe maybe now 18th now say maybe as opposed to 26 he goes 16 or 19 or whatever and one more guy drops to you so that's good news and I think he could challenge for first edge off the off the board. He could challenge at least. I mean, the underreported story was Dallas Turner did really really well too for Alabama, and Jared Verse did mm, very really well. really well too. Yeah. And people didn't know that he would be a great tester. So that aside, you know, the Steeler fans aren't real, you know, they don't really care about the edge rankings at this point. But you want sure. as many to go as possible. Sure. So kind of like quarterbacks too, right? Yeah, just exactly. Many, just as right, many right. to go as possible. Absolutely. So back to Chop. I keep hearing people say, you know, mention guys like Micah Parsons, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, right? That's whoa, a, that's a, that's whoa. a, a train killer. That's an assassin, you <laughs> right? Just put him out there with nobody. Well, what you mean? That's not right. a uh, they're both run to Penn State. Right. They both tested well. But... He ran just as fast as he did. <laughs> right. He <laughs> had this much weight on him, and he did. You're like, all right, now. <laughs> I mean, be careful. Parsons to me, left right is a way different beast than him. As an animal, it, man, yeah. I mean, agility it looked, it, and like right. A, he looks like a hooper on like a basketball player out there. The way he's so Allen Iverson, left right, left right. Is yeah, like, yeah. And you look at how these tackles are just like in the mix or falling back on the hills because <laughs> it's like I don't know what to do with this. Yeah, yeah. They start leaning and it's over. And he's got a lot more power than Chop. 
to me, the better competition or better comp though is Owe. Yeah, I mean, who was a late for oh, you bring him up earlier? <laughs> the same there, thing yeah. said about an Clearly, hour we're on the same page. Nice, nice, I, I nice. like to hear that. I love the confirmation. Who <laughs> yes. had zero sacks yes. in that state, and also an extreme tester. And one thing that is becoming clear, and kudos to the Penn State staff, but those guys test well. I they, mean, they, they test get them ready, really, really. They get well. them ready. Yeah. And I know this isn't Michigan, but a lot of Michigan guys too aren't super productive at Michigan. You know, Orlando, you know, Gary wasn't a super sure, productive sure. guy. And a lot of it's just because of what they ask of them in that defense. Do your job. We got 11 really yeah. good players, et cetera, et cetera. But my thing with Robinson, and maybe guys you mentioned this, is can he win with power? That I don't know. I mean, you, you don't know it. I, and that concerns me because I think he's more of a Nadokwe type or an Oway type. I mean, certainly Parsons is a crazy competition. Yeah. That's not fair. Um, and the other thing is a big thing about this week, and I think we might have talked about it earlier in the week, is if a receiver is super fast on the field and he comes out here and runs a 4-3, don't count it twice. And Chop's best attribute is his get off yeah. and, you know, his explosion. Don't count it twice. You kind of knew that. I mean, sure. I mean if it sure. would have been if it blew your doors off and was historically good, I mean, it was a nice day, but it wasn't the best one we've ever seen. I mean, I think he just affirmed what you saw on tape. So I'm sure we'll start seeing him in the top 20 in mock drafts, but I would be very wary of that if I was one of those teams, because really did it, should our opinion of him changed at all? Well, and Matt, I'm glad you said it the way that you did. The the thing that I kind of looked at it was, and I brought up the same O-way comp. I was like, you know, you look at some of the pressures, you look at some of the QB hits mm. with the explosiveness, and that's what makes you a little bit more intrigued about it. And you like the fact that he tipped the scales at 254 because you feel like, okay, at least his frame is a little bit bigger. But there's always going to be that legitimate concern of if is he the next Aaron Maven? And that's yeah, you great know, competition. That's you great know? comp, yeah. And um, I talked about, you know, me and Aaron Maven being teammates up in Buffalo. Um and that was the thing. It's like great athlete. He looked amazing. And if you're talking about running in a straight line, he was going to blow the doors off of you. Mm-hmm. You talk about trying to speed rush, he's going to blow the doors off of you. But when it came time to put football pads on and actually rush the passer in a game or play against the run, that mm-hmm. was where you saw how light he was. Thin waist. And, and, yeah, and it yeah. just, it's like, man, all that speed goes out the window when this 300-plus-pound man puts his hands on you, and now you can't go anywhere. You don't have a threat of a power move, so they're playing you for speed every time. It's like not being able to hit a curveball right. in the major leagues. It's right. like, man, we're looking <laughs> pretty good a lot of curveballs. Right. Like, yeah. Think about how we talk about J.C. Latham. Think about how we're talking about Mems. Think about how we're talking about some of these dancing tackles on the other side, but they're also big, physical men. Yeah. So you think that you're going to just one dimensionally beat those guys? No. Mm-hmm. So the same way that we talk about them and the same praise that we're giving them, we also have to understand that it's a double edged sword for, you know, these uh, pass rushes that we get excited about. But with Chop, it's like the production that was a little light. Yes, that does matter. But I do feel like in the right situation, it could work very similar to Owe because you think when Owe went to Baltimore, he wasn't asked to be the guy day one. Right. He was right. a part of a system. And he wasn't a 90-snap-a-game guy, 70-snap-a-game guy. You know what I mean? It's, right? right, and it's like it's a tough ask for some of these organizations to draft a guy early and him not have to go out there and play every single snap. But at the same time, it's like for a guy like that who's going to need time to develop, who's going to need time to get just the fundamentals of being an outside linebacker or a pass rusher at this level, I do think that you know in the right system where he's not forced to do that right away, it could help his production. It could help his growth versus – you throw him out there in year one, we're like, bro, he only had four sacks and you played all these snaps. Like, what's going on here? 
now we're over here saying, hey, man, the kid sucks. He's terrible. He's the bus. <laughs> you know how that is. You know, it happens really fast like that. But I just think in the right system, it could help him out. Yeah, and he is more than just a win-off-the-edge speed yeah. guy. I mean, he can cross your face and that kind of thing, too. He's not going to go through J.C. Latham, though. I mean, there's just yeah. no way around that. I would be a lot more comfortable if he went to a playoff team in 25-32 to 32 and he plays a lot in the fourth quarter when they have a lead. You yeah. know, yep. and I brought up Nindokwe early. Like, is that a bad comp? I mean, is that a negative comp or is that a positive comp? I well, mean, it depends on how you look at it because <laughs> right. people look at Ngakwe and say he's a one-trick pony. But you also but look at Ngakwe pretty, and say he's had a pretty good career. career. Yeah. yeah, but he follows around right. Seattle cover three teams. And, yeah. you know, and they, they, teams have traded for him and he's made a lot of money. And, because he, he's going to get you seven sacks guaranteed. Yeah, he yeah. is that type of player. But do you love him in the sense of, all right, Alex Highsmith, I'll, I'll put you out there for every play. That's kind of oh. the the conversation, you know, when you look at Ngakwe, when you talk, oh, and even when we're looking at John Robinson to an extent, it's like, are you going to just be a situational guy that can give me seven sacks, but we know you're just here to rush the passer? Um, I even think of a guy like Barcavius Mingo. He was another That's name, one, right, you know, right, right. when we think of these great athletes, guys that test extremely well, but they got these weird, like, frames where you're like, in other words, waist not, is just yeah, big. Yeah, right, think about right, it, right? There's just no sand in his yeah. pants, you know, right? And it's yeah. like, you see it when it's time to be physical. You see it when mm-hmm. it's, you know, point of attack. And you can get away with it collegially because your speed is going to make these tackles, these offensive linemen, be uncomfortable. So they're all oh, They balanced. can overset you and you right. still run past them. Yeah, yeah. right, right, right. At, at the NFL level, though, these guys are great athletes as well. We talk, I mean, And they're so smart. They understand how to take the angles away. They understand how to change up just the rhythm of their rushes. And, okay, let me just punch him in the face this time. Let me hit him in the throat this time just to mm-hmm. throw him off. Yeah. All right, now let me jump set him. Let me quick set him. All right, now let me vertical set right here. All right, well, shoot. Now, man, I'm just going to, you know, flash and I'm going to go over here. It's like all these different things. Now you're playing with the guy's head. And he already doesn't have a ton of sacks. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. those are the things you're like, okay, well, can he like get Vic there? Beasley had a ton yeah, of sacks. Right, and he still right. only had one good yeah. year. And they figured him out. Right. Right, yeah. that's, that's the thing, though. But, you know, he is still a great athlete. He is still a great talent. And I think that is why we're even, you know, talking about to the extent that we are. And why he's even going to be viewed and probably drafted, like we said, earlier mm-hmm. because of these things. And we know that if you influence the passing game, if you influence the quarterback, you have value. You yeah. know, so I mean, he doesn't have to be a twelve sack guy. He doesn't have to be Micah Parsons. But two things worry me about players like him is first of all, if I can block him with George Kittle or a tight end mm-hmm. in the run game, well, then I'm doubling the nose or I'm getting sure, to the second sure. level. I mean, you're going to have success. You. Yeah. yeah, let alone, I mean, get a tackle on him. Yeah. He's in trouble, you know, in, in the power or any form of the run game. And a lot of these guys, smaller running backs come to mind, too. Like a Devon A-Chain, you know, he's yeah, really exciting. Yeah. But they're Ferraris, you know, like. When you can't drive Ferrari every day of the week, man. Right, 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 right. Not in Pittsburgh in January. You That's right, man. You can't drive it every day, man. <laughs> Eventually it gets icy. Yeah. Eventually there's potholes and you need an oil change or a little something's wrong. I mean, they're fine-tuned machines. And whenever there's a little something wrong with that race car, it doesn't run right, you know? I like that. I like that comparison there as well, too. Yeah, no, that's that's – that's the that's the concern, hey, particularly I'm, when you're talking the top twenty, top twenty five. Yeah, it's a big investment. Yeah, it's a big, it's a big investment. investment, right? It's not uh, a third round. We're taking a flyer right. on this guy. Yeah. Now I was just laughing at the uh, Ferrari reference because that is literally what we say in the locker good. room. We're like, oh really? Yeah. We're like, oh that guy's a Ferrari. You know, he, he it's looks not a compliment. Great. No, it's not. Yeah, it's like <laughs> sometimes, some days great. it is. Yeah. He's high maintenance. Like that's flashy. It looks awesome on certain days of the week. Yeah. 
oil change costs three hundred bucks. Yeah, <laughs> well, we're like, oh, Monday, Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, like oh, that Ferrari jacked up, man. You can't yeah. just get dings on the door at Walmart, right. man. Yeah, you can't whip this thing. Sometimes yeah. you need a dump truck. Absolutely, you know, right? yeah, right. Yeah, be the F one fifty, man. All right, we American muscle over here. Yeah. <laughs> Three hundred dollars for an oil change. It's true, bro. You sh- right? Yeah, you're yeah, like bro. hard to find parts. You you're like, why do you want that? No, I get yeah. it. It's like, hey, you, you know, like that's yeah. what everyone says. Like, hey, if you're gonna buy an Audi, just know it's really yeah. hard to get it maintenance. You can yeah. only take it to like two places in the entire state. Right. You know, like, like yeah. really, the whole Dolphins offense was a Ferrari. You Seriously, know, it's beautiful. It's in warm weather in Miami, and then right. things, you know, the, the rigors of the season. And the speed starts to slow down a and one little. Of your brake, one of your brake pads wears a little thin. Oh, yeah, as they inevitably do. You it, it, was too much, tire, it was too much you know. salt on the road. Right, Started, right. you know, wearing on the paint a little bit. It's like, oh, okay, see? You went with that turbo red, red number three. You should have, you know, just got regular, you know, off the factory classic red. It would work way better. All right. Oh man, you guys make me laugh. You guys make me laugh. Here's what I want to do. Let's, because I do want to get into some more of these edge guys and, and things like that. But we're kind of right in that in between break area. So let's take a break here, All just right. a couple minutes earlier than we normally would, and then kind of we can get into some more of these guys and some numbers and some thoughts on maybe some potential big board positional rankings and all those good things as we roll along here. It is our final day at Radio Row here on SNR inside the Indiana Convention Center. Myself, Moats, and Matthew until noon. And then Dale and Matt for their final edition of the drive here from Indy from noon until 2. And that will be it for our coverage this edition of the Combine. So get it while it's hot. A reminder, Omar Khan scheduled to sit down with us here at the SNR table around noon. So do not go anywhere. We got you covered here for about four more hours on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. It's Steelers Nation Radio. This is continuing coverage of the 2024 NFL Combine, live from Indianapolis on Steelers Nation Radio. Hey, no, they're going to be waiting for me. We're like, there's going to be a car. Back here on Radio Row as we rock and roll along on our final day of coverage. One of our favorite things that we get to do here, some of the guests that we get to discuss, some of the different angles that we get to uh, kick around with people from around the league. Joining us now, covering the Tennessee Titans, Paul Kaharski. Paul, thank you so much for taking the time. I appreciate it. And I just got to get this off the bat real quick. I'm looking at your Twitter profile here. I see Springsteen addict. Oh, okay. <laughs> Me as well. Got tickets to see him twice in August. Can't wait. So happy to have you here with us. What's your What's your number? You're, you look like a younger guy. Well, I'm guessing oh, you've uh-oh. been to Yesterday was his 33rd concerts. birthday. Yesterday was his 33rd I'm, birthday. I'm going to tab him as yeah. a six-concert guy. And Two. He, he gets carded Two. everywhere Two. he goes. The number, Twenty-seven. The number. That's awesome. That's about where. That's about where my nice. mom. That's about where my mom's at. The, <laughs> Look at that. The, the number. <laughs> wow. the, how, old, how old's your mom? How old's your mom? Sixty-two. Uh, I'm fifty-five. <laughs> okay, so you. But I'm, I'm, I'm from New Jersey. Ah, so I had a little right. bit of a regional advantage for a time. There you go. Okay. There you go. My, to be fair, my number would be higher, but last summer a bunch of those shows got got canceled yeah. and postponed. I went so. to three. I went. And nice. that, look, he didn't come to Nashville, so I know people are fascinated by this. I went to uh, Atlanta, drivable. I flew mm. a connection to uh, to Tulsa. Nice. And I took my family to Raleigh. Love it. That's that sounds awesome. Nice. Love yeah. it. Nice. Love it. Uh, obviously, Arthur Smith, kind of the, the topic that we want to discuss with you. Uh, when you think Arthur Smith offense, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Uh, smart. But uh, listen, I, I wasn't watching Atlanta on any kind yeah, of regular yeah, yeah. Sure, basis. Yeah, sure, sure. I understand that he um, did not utilize personnel in a way that satisfied fantasy football 
uh, people. I want to get to that for but sure. Yeah, right. Um, and he, look, I, I, you know, I've talked to him since the things he, he, it's no secret. He didn't figure out quarterback. Right. But I think Atlanta's in good shape right now. If they figure out quarterback, they should be right yeah. at the yeah. top of that division, which is a, a bad division. So I, I feel badly that things didn't work out for him in Atlanta, in Tennessee, the two years that he was a coordinator, he did exactly what you want. Uh, an offensive guy to do in maximizing players, right? People don't like Ryan Tannehill or didn't like Ryan Tannehill, and they always talked about his limitations, right? Well, you know, he needs play action in order for things to work. They took Ryan Tannehill, who was limited, and built an offense in which the guy put up numbers and was the best version of Ryan Tannehill you could ever possibly see. And for that, I think they deserve extreme credit. Yeah. And Tannehill shouldn't have been bashed for his limitations. Should have been like, hey, look at this guy. They figured out a way to unlock Make it work. I mean, a went great to an version AFC of him that, that went to an AFC championship yeah. game and then and 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 had a number one seed another year. Now, when yeah. he got into the playoffs, he completely, you know, choked away the Cincinnati game. But refresh me if my memory is wrong on this though. Miami drafts Tannehill in the first round in the luck draft, the yeah. RG three draft. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of a bust. And yeah. you guys give up like a fifth round pick for him at the point. I mean, it wasn't they like up you... a, they give up a fifth round pick for him. And Miami paid the bulk uh-huh. of yeah. his they just wanted to go. They wanted to go. salary. Yeah. They wanted to get rid of him. It was one of John Robinson's best moves. And they knew they needed a veteran backup for Marcus Mariota, who mm-hmm. was constantly hurt and a potential replacement starter. And then he so did was so not thought well of as in that great prize. No, but no. That, he, he was thought of as a hell of a backup. Right. You know, right, and right, they right. needed a hell a, a much better insurance plan than they had with Matt Castle and Blaine Gabbard uh and, and people I like mean, Blaine that. Blaine was another uh top pick though, wasn't he? Who? Gabbard. Uh, Blaine was, Gabbard, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. He was another but he had already, pick. Yeah, he know, hasn't worked out anywhere. Right. Out of that yeah. situation. But they got a lot out of Tannehill is the point. Yes. And, and I, you mentioned you know fantasy owners are mad at him for not using his best players in Atlanta. Derrick Henry and AJ Brown Got the ball all the time. All the time. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> all the time. And, and Corey Davis, who was right, not a right. very yeah, good Corey, player, definitely, yeah. uh, should have gotten 1,000 yards in, in their best season. He came up a little bit short. He got he got hurt at the end, and it was kind of a mysterious hip thing that never really got explained. But I think he ended with something like 954 yards. For the Titans to approach having two 1,000-yard yeah. wide receivers is a miraculous thing. It does not happen. I mean – Everybody's now very enthusiastic about Brian Callahan and a and a passing offense. You know, it, even if you look at the offensive coaches the Titans have had, there were Mike Malarkey and the offensive lineman. Sure, sure. I mean, sorry, Mike Munchak, an offensive yep. lineman, mm-hmm. and and um, at a tight end, and Mike Malarkey and Ken Wisenhunt, who was an absolute d- disaster. A lot of Steelers signs there. By <laughs> this has always been a run first offense, sure. and it seems yeah. like it could be a pass to run offense now. Now, Paul, what I wanted to ask you um, is this, right? So when we think of Arthur Smith, us here in Pittsburgh, we're, you know, retroactively looking back at those numbers. We're retroactively looking back at the tape and saying, oh, we like this, we like that. But we didn't live it. We didn't have the week-in, week-out feelings. And this is kind of what we would talk about with our current situation with Matt Canada at times. It was like the numbers are saying this, but we feel a way different vibe on a week-to-week basis. What were those feelings that you had, or if you could remember some of those feelings with Arthur Smith that you enjoyed about him as coordinator, but also where you were kind of like, man, 
I just don't like what he does this right here. What yeah, was well, that I, for you? Guys? I like him a great deal personally, and I, I got to know him pretty well. He yeah. he he was there for multiple regimes, which I think mm-hmm. is always a good sign about sure. a coach. Right? Started out coach at quality in. control and right. built his way up. Like the ultimate dream in terms right. of staying in an organization and going from the bottom to the literal top of it as a yeah. coordinator. And the next coach keeps you, and yeah, the next coach absolutely. keeps you, and the next coach keeps you. That says a lot. Um, his dad, obviously, you know, yeah. is a multi, you know, <laughs> billionaire, billionaire. Uh, who came up with FedEx. You never knew that about him at the beginning. You know, work, never, yeah. never came up. Didn't use it to leverage anything. Not that you can, but you know, never, never walked around with any swagger from that. Um, and and when Matt Lafleur got the Green Bay job, uh, Arthur Smith was basically, you know, either sitting outside or sitting in Mike Vrabel's office at. 5.30 in the morning or whatever time Vrabel got in to sell himself as, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm ready for this job yeah. and I'm your guy. And uh, Vrabel's very patient, took a long time to hire. Um, but uh, Arthur Smith was was a good hire. And look, LaFleur didn't do great in his one year as offensive coordinator. And post-Arthur Smith, they went with Todd Downing who was really bad and got, got, got fired. And last year was Tim Kelly, who had uh, was connected to Deshaun Watson in Houston and helped him a little bit. And, and Tim Kelly wasn't great last year, though the Titans had really bad offensive personnel. But Arthur Smith is the shining star in recent Titans offensive coordinating history. Um, and, and I would say, uh, you know, for Steelers folks listening, I, I, to me, to come down to personnel, you know, when I'm reading that they're, they're maybe not doing anything at quarterback, I'm thinking, well, he got a guy who could do some things with some players. If you're not going to give him sure. players, then he's going to struggle. Yeah. You know, you, you thought, I wouldn't blame it on Arthur Smith. I, I think there's a chance Tannehill ends up here, to be honest with you. Yeah. And uh, Tannehill's he, much more limited than he was. Yeah. Yeah. You got to protect him. He, he, you know, if the line's not good, he's going to get hurt because he, he can't move the way he used to. Mm. But if you shape an efficient offense, you know, Steelers are going to run it, right? He Always. Can, he can throw good, good play action stuff off of that, and you can have an efficient offense. You're probably not going to get a ton of chunk plays unless there's a lot of yak. I, I don't know if Tannehill went here, here or not, but from afar, it looked like it was time to wonder, is, 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 is it come to an end for him? But if you study it more, his receivers were amongst the worst in the league, in my opinion. Terrible. One one good guy last year in DeAndre Hopkins. And I think the O-line got, might know, have been limitation. the, the worst. offensive line, uh, maybe as bad as it's been in Tennessee, and, which is really wow, sanctioned. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, the left tackles collectively gave up, you know, ridiculous pressures and sacks. And they, they went last year from Dennis Daly, who was, you know, subbed for an injured Taylor Lewan, uh-huh. And mm-hmm. then their solution was Andre Dillard. Which you know was a reasonable. Let's take a flyer on this guy who didn't pan out uh, and, and got got passed. And he was, either, he was yeah. terrible. Could uh, could you see Ryan as a good big brother to Pickett, the mentor type? Is, is that his personality? Yeah, and he got a bum rap. Um, you know, uh, and and people maybe picked up on this. His initial reaction to like, are you going to mentor? Uh, Malik Willis Malik, yeah. was, was, you know, he didn't phrase the answer well, and it got picked up on like he's going to be a jerk yep. about it. Yep. He wasn't saying he's going to be a jerk about it. He was just kind of saying that's not my primary thing. You know, my primary thing is to be the quarterback of this team. Right. You know, and he circled back to say, that, you know, it's a natural thing that the guy behind you is is part of your uh, your 
your job. It just kind of happens. And that happened for me with the guys that were, were with me in, in Miami and the like. And he got along very well with Will Levis and Will Levis praised him to no end for being helpful. But Tannehill was candid. Like when he came in and was behind Mariota, he said, this is hard. I, uh, this is not, you know, <laughs> I was a starter this. my yeah. whole time in Miami. Yeah. And now I come here and I got to be in the background sure. and shut up. And sure. it's an uncomfortable yeah. place for me. And he said it when Levis took over for him this year. This is really hard. It hurts mm. for me to step back yeah. and give up the reins. I'm a starter quarterback. And being yeah. a backup is very uncomfortable. Sure, for me. sure. And that's what you would want a guy to say. Absolutely. Yeah, right, right. No, 100%. I was going to say, though, <clears throat> We talk about some of those intangibles, but what would you say he still does at a high level right now in the sense of if you're the Steelers and you are considering him and the fan base is like, well, you know more about Tannehill than we do. What does he still have? Well, he's going to know the offense. He is going to lead a practice. He is going to uh, have – you watch a practice at training camp. He's going to have conversations with receivers in the moment or, you know, while there's a special team session going on and – and and George is is not involved in yeah. special teams. They'll be together okay. talking through routes. He'll be you'll see a lot of uh, talking with his hands, yeah. pointing, rerun a route. You know, discussing. No, I want it a little sharper, or a little steeper, whatever. Okay. That kind he's of thing. Command, huh? He's in command. He's he's yeah, in command, yeah, yeah. and he will be he will be in command. Um, and I think that uh, you could appreciate that kind of veteran thing. And I think he was under underrated in, in, in that regard. When, when they transitioned from the Todd Downing offense to the Tim Kelly offense, he, he was there right from the beginning talking about his responsibility in learning it ahead as fast as he could yeah. in front of everybody else to help teach it. So the Steelers have been at the bottom, bottom, bottom of the league in play action rate of late. They're also a lot of their route concepts aren't real conducive to after the catch, and these things go hand in hand. It sure like that. Sure looks like that's about to change. Yeah, I, I, I would <laughs> yeah. certainly think so, and I, I would think with Harris and Warren, um, you know, that would that would be well suited to to do that, provided that the offensive line um, can can do its part. But I I, I think Arthur Smith wasn't a proponent of that just because he had the people to do it, but that he finds that to be uh, an effective way to, to move the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tannehill's very skilled at it. And uh, I, I would think those running backs would plug right into it. All right. I like it. Well, I was going to keep the Arthur Smith convo going, but I'm a defensive guy. And you did happen to have one of our former guys down here this uh, past year in uh, Terrell Edmonds. I'm at the safety position. Just what were your thoughts on a man seeing him down there for the second half of the season after the Kevin Byer trade? Um, because he's a guy that we might consider bringing back here to Pittsburgh. Yeah, he contributed more than I expected, and and um, you know, we, coming in, we we envisioned him as, as pretty much a box guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he did a little bit more than that. They were beat up in the in the back end, um, particularly at corner which put a strain on the safeties because yeah. they're playing guys that you haven't heard of, like Trey Avery and Eric Garrar at, mm-hmm. at corner who just are not, you know, they're gritty and, and they're, they're not fighting. quarterback or QB or CB one, CB two caliber. You want no, them in a rotation. You CB5, want five. Correct. Yes. But they're, <laughs> they're playing CB two. Um, and, and, and so that puts strain on the safeties. And then Imani hooker, who's a good safety, 
um, ends up ends up hurt and he, he misses too much time. So there's there's strain on somebody like Edmonds. And I think he showed reasonably well for himself. Uh, but I have no idea if this new defense and coaching staff, uh, you know, it, is is interested in, in re-signing him. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I think he showed reasonably well for himself. Be, I don't know if he's a starter or a guy that's uh, more of a third safety who could maybe play in some packages for you and uh, and be an effective guy. But he's a guy you'd like to have on, on, on your 53. Yeah. So Smith used a fullback quite a bit with the Falcons. I I thought he did with with Tennessee, but it's been a while. I don't remember. Well, you know, they can't, you can't find him? fullbacks anymore. So right. they, they, play, they, they played a tight end in that role. Uh, a, He's not a looking like a hammerhead deal. fullback. He's a little more of a move type guy. A move type guy. Okay. Yeah. And he was a tight ends coach, you know, coming up. So he a tight 12, generally a had, had a guy yeah. that, that could do that. Okay. Uh, an inline guy and, uh, and, and, a, and a move guy. That inline guy generally, you know, you got to throw to him once in a while to keep people honest, but he's not much of a pass catcher. Mm. The move guy, uh, you know, Johnny Smith, uh, just the Titans got a, a yeah. lot out, out of him. But then when the Patriots gave him ridiculous money, the Titans were like, yeah, have fun, you know, have fun, <laughs> have, at it, have yeah. fun scheming for him the way yeah. we did in order to get out of him what we got out of him. Um, and now he's back on the market. You mm-hmm. know, I think he's a good player at a at a much much lower cost makes sense now <clears throat> going back to what you saw with Derrick Henry obviously we have a Najee Harris who similar body type but maybe not the same caliber player do you think though in the Arthur Smith offense that Najee Harris can at least give a similar type of production that we were seeing from Derrick Henry when he was doing some of his best work in this particular offense yeah I mean I, I think you know, as an outsider, I think I'm like most people surprised that Harris hasn't been a better player. But I think the die's been cast now. He's 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 a veteran, yeah. so I mean, I think he is what he is. I don't I don't know scheme wise. You know, maybe maybe Arthur can make things a little bit better for him, and that'll be interesting. Or I wonder if he doesn't. You know, if Warren's role doesn't doesn't get even oh, yeah. even even better Expanded, right. or, or bigger. Um, uh, you know, the, the one thing that, uh, Smith didn't have with Henry was, was Pat, you know, Henry could catch the ball facing, facing the quarterback, uh, you know, and a very minimalistic. Now, the I thought he caught the ball like a beach, like a, yeah. like a beach ball. <laughs> right. <laughs> now, now they were smart in the way they got the ball to Screen Henry. Game, in, dump in off. Yeah. He could, he could keep he it could, simple. He could get some big gains off of those plays when the Titans called them at the right time, yeah. when when run fronts were pursuing him in the backfield and they they faked it to him and then threw it to him uh, and, and stuff like that. So I think he'll be creative in, in that way. But he didn't have a back uh, like B. John Robinson, who, mm-hmm. who he could have done more things, or who the Titans are turning to in Tajay Spears, who uh, you know is a, can run the entire route tree. Um, so uh you know i i think depending on what those guys can do running back wise i think he'll be able to maximize them henry as good as he is at what he does um you know is actually it sounds weird to say because he's been so productive but he's limited back yeah yeah so last thing i have for you you kind of touched on it is coach smith's personality and you know the way he carries himself and i th- i know a lot of steeler fans wanted the hot young coordinator that you know from the mcbay tree or whatever and i'm like 
that was Smith three years ago, folks. I mean, it, it just he's not a 22. I mean, he's right. not an old man. And I think a lot of the people listening watch his Falcons press conference with a lot of stress on him and as a head coach. And he doesn't look like a fun-loving, good guy to be around. We had Cynthia Froyland on here yesterday, and she's like, he's one of the funniest dudes I know. And, and you mentioned his dad founded FedEx. I mean, I think you can't <laughs> yeah. take that out of the equation. Yeah. I mean, he's one of the wealthiest human beings on the planet. He's got sisters who are uh, in Hollywood uh, oh, really? involved in, in movie making. Wow. Yeah. I mean, sitting down with him one-on-one, kind of maybe without a mic on, you know, great conversationalist. Press conference guy, not the best. I, I didn't watch too much of Atlanta, mm-hmm. but even with us in, in Tennessee, with guys he knew, was comfortable with, he could ramble sometimes. So I don't know that fans are going to love him um, from that. But he's an affable dude. He's a That's smart hear, yeah. dude. Uh, he's a well-intentioned dude, I, I think. To, you know, if your comparison is, is Canada, I, I don't see how you're not going to like him a, 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 a lot. A lot better. So, you know, look, I'm biased. I, I, I had a good relationship with the guy. I have a good relationship with the guy. I've known him for a long time. Uh, he, was, he was around the team I covered, with the team I covered for a long time through a lot of regimes. Um, I, I think he's a, a smart guy, and I think if given a chance, you know, he'll do well. What kind of limitations does he have in terms of personnel? What kind of limitations does Tomlin put on him based on what Tomlin wants to do. I think those are all questions that you have to have to factor in when you judge him as you see his work. Um, has he touched the hem of the garment of McVay? <laughs> <laughs> Did he have a cup of coffee with Kyle Shanahan? Hey, hey, he checked the... <laughs> uh, but, 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 you know... I, I'm pretty I, excited I, about the hire, to be yeah, honest with you. I, yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's definitely something different than what the Steelers have had. And if that's what Steelers fans wanted, you're getting it. Proven. He's had a proven system. We've seen it work. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, you know, sit back and, and and wait. I know there's a lot of talking to be done between now and whatever, but g- give him a month of, of running the offense and, and then, you know, start to assess. And I'm not saying he's going to, you know, there are going to be games where you're not going to be happy, but I think, I think you're going to see some things that you'll like. That's what we like to hear. Uh, Paul, before we let you go, got to get your thoughts on Will Levis, of course. Yeah, look, I was a Will Levis doubter coming in, and and I, I think I operate like most guys with jobs like mine. I I am not a huge college football guy. I'm not a huge draft guy, uh, but I form opinions on on the people that that you know are in range of of uh, of the Titans high in the draft or at positions of need. Sure, I didn't I didn't love what Levis based on on what I knew. I'm big accuracy and decision making guy, and those are the two categories where there were big, big questions about Will Levis. But he came in and and it was an impressive guy from the start, not necessarily with practice, but the way he carried himself, the way uh, he talked with us. And uh, he really had some moments. I mean, he had that four touchdown game yeah. out of the mm-hmm. de- gate. And then they had that comeback in Miami where he was outstanding. The personnel around him was awful in terms of getting pounded because of the offensive line and in terms of having really limited weapons. Sure. And uh, I think he's got a chance. I, I really do. He's tough. He stands in the pocket, and his release is ridiculously quick, and he can make throws, you know, off-platform that I've not seen Titans quarterbacks making. Um, yeah, we saw so, a couple of those in Pittsburgh yeah, this year. Yeah, made some really I forgot what we were up there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so, he's not bashful. I, yeah, <laughs> and, and, and he's great to yeah, deal yeah. with. I'm like sincere and sincerely interested in, in answering questions and not trying to get, get, get things over with. So yeah. 
I, I'm always going to score a guy high on that. I think he's got a chance, you know, and now he's got some legitimate offensive coaching. So I'm eager to see what he's about. He's not a guarantee by any means, but I don't think they're looking at quarterbacks in this draft. They're finally looking at help for quarterbacks. Yeah. All, right, all right, all right. And that, that's an exciting Good start. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Paul Kaharski, paulkaharski.com. Make sure you're checking out all his work there. Thanks so much for giving us Enjoyed some time it, here guys. today. Enjoyed uh, it. That, that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. We'll be back to close out the 10 o'clock hour on the other side. It's all part of our ongoing coverage here on Steelers Nation Radio. Live from the 2024 NFL Combine, this is Steelers Nation Radio. Rolling along here on our final day at Radio Row inside the Indiana Convention Center. It's the NFL Combine Scouting Combine 2024 edition. Come on now, finish out the down, baby. And Second I want to get down. Come you on. know, I'm eating this sweet Cajun trail mix while we're uh, in break there, and it's like mm-hmm. it's got a little. I got a little zest to it. Yeah, there you go. Got a little zest to it. Well, so listen, listen up. we got them behind struggling, the sticks. Let's, struggling let's, a little bit right now. We got them behind the sticks. I got you, man. <laughs> we not, uh-uh. We getting three and out. Three and out, all right? That's right. That was a fun little uh, yeah. discussion there with it definitely the Titans was. folks. I'm a little slow. I'm I'm getting old my old age. We're right next door to the Titans for three days. I'm Seriously. like, oh, yeah, they had a coordinator. Uh, yeah. We kind of like, Arthur right, Smith yeah. conversation. Hey, you you did, and it was like, oh, I actually know this guy. I'm like, wow, so you've known this dude this whole time. <laughs> yeah, I said hi to him the first <laughs> so day. Like, we just kind of chatting yeah, back yeah. and forth, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm Arthur like, Smith was there. I was like, that's not just a random guy you just pulled? Oh, all right, cool, cool. I like it. I like it a lot. There is always a Steelers connection. This you, is also true. If you just, yeah. if you just look and, and work hard enough. Yeah, I think Moach has been impressed with just Grab somebody out of the blue. Yeah, you know, like yeah, that's yeah. a cool thing here. Because to me, I'm just like, yeah. What do you mean you're not gonna like set this thing up? What do you mean you're not like gonna talk to them a day in advance and let them know <laughs> you're just literally just like the person's hey, walking right now. You don't know where they're going. That's to... like, hey, we're back in hey, 30 what's seconds. Up, are you, you trying to pull up? <laughs> and literally, I'm <laughs> watching. I'm like, yo, up. they're introducing each other. I'm trying to learn who who is, and it's like, yo, boom, we're here now. It's like, oh, this is nuts. I love it. <laughs> Let's I love go. It. But but I've noticed we're not the only ones doing that. I've I've, no, I've started oh, no. to look around and I've definitely it's noticed a con- it's, it's a like a competition. Oh, yeah. I get I get grabbed every year. You like know? seriously, right. I see people like almost like hovering around like, all right, I'm gonna grab this. So they get up and they grab. I'm like, oh, all right, okay, you just gotta just hop in this thing. <laughs> so like I said, it's my first go around. I, I was still learning it. I was still a little timid, but next I'm just gonna grab somebody. Uh, I'm invited by. Hey, hey, man, you can't be bashful. You know who goes, man. Yeah, all right. Well, don't you want to talk to those nation radio? Heck I yeah. know it's a connection somewhere. Put those big palms on someone's Listen, shoulder. I know you know something that we know. And yeah. All we need is one play, and it's a wrap. What was your uh, What was your hand measurement here? Fourteen years ago? Ah, uh, man, I think it was like twelve and a half. But who's counting? <laughs> you know, you were long arm guy. You said though. Yeah, long arm, long big arm. hands. You know, kind of tall, but with a discount. You know, yeah. <laughs> but with a discount. Yeah, I'm like six four. You know, fifteen percent off. Ain't that wrong with that? Oh goodness yeah. gracious, uh, Matt. We you know we were talking about before we had before we had Paul on there. We were talking uh, some edge some edge rushers a little bit about Chop Robinson and some guys. You mentioned Dallas Turner in the day that he had. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have like this is? There's not the dynamite nailed on top five edge rusher prospect in this draft. Uh, but I'm not sure of, the first defensive player draft is going to be. Right, which is rare. I mean, it's yeah. it's 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 rare in that regard. It's unfortunate, is what should we be saying? You know, the fact that it's no longer going to be a defensive guy this day one first, you know, pick overall or second pick overall. Yeah, those quarterbacks. These, these are just, tragedies. Those quarterbacks I'm just out there, never. All right? Those quarterbacks. I, just I never know. Go first we we want to talk about. Oh man, these drafts. No, 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 no. This is terrible. That the first three picks could potentially not be a defender. It, what what ten picks might not? That, be that's a what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, what has the NFL oh. come to, man? Okay. 
That is defense crazy. matters. It, is crazy when you it needs it, it though. Defense matters. Who were we chatting with earlier in the, in the year talking about how uh, scoring's from, gone from down every week? That's a great thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was that, it, it was uh, a Danny, Danny Kelly. Danny, Danny Kelly. Kelly. Yep. Danny Kelly. Listen, good point. Listen, that was a great thing when y'all said that. I looked at you, Matt. I looked at Danny, and y'all both were kind of like, "Yeah, man, scoring's down. Ah, it's such a bad thing, man. You know what? We gotta get these better offenses in." I'm over here like, "No, I love it. I love it. Defense. Go back to three yards and hit him in the mouth. Make them execute. Stop bailing them out." man first and 10 points first and 10 points wins that's come the on way. man no we scoring no defense we get 17 but yeah you know what it is interesting how three straight years now offense and production and scoring have gone down in the nfl and now you've got a draft where i mean legitimately eight nine ten of the top 10 picks the best players in the draft are gonna Seriously. be, are gonna be yeah. on the offensive side tackles of the wide outs and quarterbacks yeah. they can so, greatly so, change so the power it's, right it's needed in that regard a little bit i mean we're literally talking about five quarterbacks potentially going in the first round they were going to talk about yeah. how many tackles could potentially go in the first round. How many of these wide receivers? And it's not a reach. It's not like we're saying, no. oh, man, we don't know if these guys. It's like, no, yeah. based on everybody you else. you don't even have the run. Like, they are legitimately the there, yeah. Like, you don't even year, have the B. John Robinson. Be, you're right. You're yeah. right. There isn't the, the running back or the inside linebacker that's the freak athlete that we say, oh, yeah, he definitely is the right guy. There. Yeah, we yeah. don't have either one of those guys. Usually there's a Bosa or Garrett right. that's a no-brainer you know? edge, you know, that always goes high. All right. And there's not the Jalen Ramsey corner. That's yeah, easy yeah. top five pick. Yeah. I mean, even like even what was it? Uh, was that last year or two years ago? Will uh, Will McDonald out of uh, uh, Iowa, Iowa State? State. Yeah, yeah, he was another one where it was like, yo, this is a surefire. Like you know what this is. Mm-hmm. We don't have any of that right now. No, no, it it's, it's interesting. And also, sort of along those lines, hopefully. Some good, talented quarterbacks end up in the NFC for once. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you are right. AFC yeah. is loaded. Yeah, the truth. Go to the loaded. other side, right? Yeah, I don't like the Patriots sitting there yeah. with that third pick. That, yeah, that might be the only one. I mean, many Minnesota might get a new guy. Yep. The the Commanders, the commanders, obviously the Bears, right, the Bears. right, right. Yeah, absolutely. And then not just the top five guys at quarterback too. It it is funny. We have been doing that. This is my what, sixth. This will be my sixth combine, I believe. Mm-hmm. We have the amount of time that we have spent talking quarterbacks here on Radio Row, Matt, is probably the least of any position. Yeah, I think you're right. Because we had Ben Roethlisberger for so long. Then it was the one year of conversation. It was really just Kenny Pickett Kenny and, and Malik yeah, right, Willis. Right, right. Like, it wasn't a year like this right. where there's going to be five first-round draft picks. I mean, at that point, people were even talking about, can Ritter get in the first round? Right. Yeah, you know, right, yeah very right. true. And it was and, a very and, unsure year. And so it is a weird dynamic of how we all know from a national perspective, the quarterback storylines are front and center, right? I mean, yeah. that's your that's your A block of every, of every TV show and, and everything. But for us, it's very much been the opposite just because of the Ben Roethlisberger era and then quickly selecting Kenny Pickett that next season in the first round but five quarterbacks in the first round and then think of kind of the second wave guys too mm-hmm. like you still could have I a like Pen- some of the day you could still have a Penix yeah. go in the second round you know like we haven't even mentioned the name Sam Hartman all here all week we've mm-hmm. barely talked about a Spencer Rattler I think we mentioned him once or twice Pratt and Rattler are Pratt as well to too me, yeah. is, a, is a very interesting one like would you like if one of those guys is sitting around day three you know, I'd consider day two for like a Pratt you, or Rattler. Really? Yeah, I don't know about second round, but I would. Sure. You know, third round. Third round. I'm starting to. I mean, the ideal quarterback situation that I think is realistic is Pickett and either Rudolph or Tannehill. Yep. Personally, I love Brissett, but it doesn't sound like that. The other two make a little more sense. Okay. I'm a big Brissett guy, and one of those guys, Rattler or Pratt or somebody like that. Interesting. Maybe. I mean, I bet it doesn't go down that way. You know, I mean, I, I think you know. Uh, we'll see. I mean, because the Steelers are going to have quite a few needs. I mean, you might be passing up a start, a, th- a corner in the third round for the quarterback. That might be hard to do. Sure. You know? Sure. 
But well, I think it takes some bites at the apple. Well, the one thing that we do know is that Omar Khan said they're going to have three quarterbacks on the roster, right? He said yeah. that's what they like to do. That's what they've been doing. He doesn't see that changing. So even if we do return with the Mason Rudolph or even if we do return with the Ryan Tannehill, right, as that number two guy, there is still a strong possibility that one of those guys we just named, a Spencer Rattler, or even, a, like I've said before, even a Jordan Travis, a guy who, That's a great one you too. know, who's, who you might had, get a discount. Uh, on yeah, yeah, a lot yeah. of upside, but he's going to fall because of the injury. I personally feel like if he's available and some of that mid-terrier part of it, you take him because you know if it's healed up like and it, you know, can come back and be what he think it can be. Mm-hmm. That was one of those and guys. And the right, whole year. Right, right. Now you while got the Hendon Hooker. Right. You're, you're dealing with yep. the Hendon Hooker scenario. And it's a low-risk, high-reward element of it. And we're talking about the the injury look worse than what it actually is in terms of the recovery. And that's the other part that we do like. Yeah. It wasn't a major blowout your knee. It wasn't an Achilles. It looks gory when you see it snap, but sometimes it's like, yo, that's actually better than you doing the ACL, PCL, sure. MCL, and all the other stuff. Clean that, bone break. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's just it's simpler. So that part, you're like, man, you don't feel like it's the end all be all for him. So I do like that. I think that's a great name. Interesting. Joe Milton do anything for you? Joe got Milton. A so arm, this man. is my thing. Joe Milton is another version of Anthony Richardson, another version of Malik Willis. A great talent right now. The production was not there, and it was inconsistent. But the thing is, when you watch it at the Senior Bowl as well, you see exactly why he's talked about how he's talked about. You'll see him the rocket arm. You'll <laughs> see the amazing ability to run the ball, <clears throat> and then you'll also see him. You know make a bonehead throw versus a cover three corner. You're like, bro, he's sitting right there. It's curled flat. Why are you throwing that? There is nothing that says, look over there. And he's trying to throw it. You're like, bro, you're going to hit him in the face, which he did. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all in the same game. And you're like, bro, this is an all-star game. I've like, literally seen everything about you. Like you look great. And ah, all at the same time. <laughs> he's so far away. Yeah. I mean, Richardson was a much better prospect. Right. Yeah, I, right. I'm yeah, like, yeah. at least Richard can do backflips. You know, I'm ready to see your backflips. That's when, you know, <laughs> I'm like, at least give me that. If you give me the backflips, maybe that change it. But yeah, that that's my only thing with Joe yeah. Milton. I think like the talent is there, is definitely there. But I mean, it's the same conversation we're having about Justin Fields right now. Elite yeah, athlete, you got right. a rocket arm, you can run. Can he get there? But can you get there? Or is your decision making the best? Is when you're dropping back, you know, are you going to consistently get to the depth you're supposed to be at? Is your footwork going to consistently be with it? But that needs to be. We know the quarterback position. It's not always about the arm. It's literally a ground up. You know, <clears throat> in terms of your footwork. Yeah. Too. I mean, yeah. there's not a lot of touch on anything. Right. Right. And when you look at some of that, it's like, okay, well, man, do you have the ability to have, you know, those layered type throws, the what we call the picket fence throws, right? Mm-hmm. Can, you t- can you throw over that underneath defender, but shallow of those safeties and third level guys? Do you have that in your repertoire? Or are you just a cannon? Can you just go fastball, fastball, fastball? And also with those athletes, it's like, man, when you're on the move, can we coach it enough that you'll still revert back to the fundamentals when you are on the run trying to throw the ball? Or are you going to do the things where we've seen you one time you're jumping, another time you're kind of drifting, now you're kind of throwing off the back foot? And those are all three very different levels of accuracy. I mean, you're watching him miss a five-yard out, and it's not because he can't throw it, but you look at his footwork and you're like, bro, what are you doing? You're I mean, not being consistent enough with that. Unlike Willis or Richardson, I worry he might be Logan Thomas. And I say, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, like he might be running routes in New York. That, that's a yeah, legitimate, right. yeah. a legitimate concern because that's part of my issue with him. I'm like, I love all the intangibles, but if you don't think you can get this to be more consistent with the fundamentals, 
you're going to hate him at quarterback you because yeah. athletes at quarterback the foe level. Mm. You it, it's way too fast, and as a defender, we're way too smart and athletic. Like, it's like he can actually throw the ball ninety yards. He can, but yeah. who cares? It, <laughs> How often you can ask him to do that? And if you're throwing it to the wrong jersey, does it matter? We can catch the fastballs. We yeah. work the same jug machines that all the superstars work. All right, we put it up real, real fast because we know. They throw the ball real, real hard. But we got them same super sticky gloves. All that helps us, too. So if you keep throwing it at us, eventually we're going to catch one of them, all right? And yeah. that's, you know. You can't just bring them in to throw Hail Mary. Right. right. And that's my thing. And it's like you're not going to survive in this league dropping back and pulling it down and trying to just run and figure it out. It's way too fast. It's way too complex. And those are my legitimate concerns for Joe Milton. But, I mean, the talent is there, though. And I will leave it at that. The talent is definitely there. All right, before we go to break here, as we stand here today, I'm doing it again. Friday, March 1st, the year of our Lord, 2024. Uh, yes or no, Steelers draft a quarterback? Yes. They well, they're going to bring four to yeah, camp. Yeah, they have to. Sure. And they will sign one when free agent. There'll be a camp arm. Or whether it's Mason do. Rudolph, right, whether right, right, it's right, Ryan Tannehill, right. that, that'll be locked in. And then I think you're right. And then a camp arm. Right, because I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's fair to say like what he is like. Is it gonna be drafting? Because I think like regardless, you're gonna either bring in a. I'll say rookie. Like you're gonna either have somebody that was drafted or it was an undrafted. You see what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. But they're gonna be a. I think there will for certain be a rookie in that QB room. It could be a a Lawulakun type, right? You know, that really doesn't have a chance. But there's definitely gonna be a rookie on the field. Yeah, hey, that's Super Bowl champion, two times, two times now with the Kansas City Chiefs. Didn't put that together. Good for him. One more hour to go here for uh, Moats and I with our buddy Matt Williamson before Uh-oh. we first two swap downs. We're looking out. good, baby. First two downs look good <laughs> for Dale Lolly. Let's see if we can get this thing in the end zone here. Go I ahead, tell play you right. See, you're you're going offensive. We're not trying to get in the end zone. We're we're trying to get a stop. Okay, I'm getting off the field. Three and out. Play Renegade. Can we get Renegade? I need Renegade. We'll get Renegade during the break. Drop here. that Renegade. Come back for the final hour, the third down portion of the show here today. Uh, about, some a, pressure. about an hour away from Omar Khan sitting down here at the SNR table on Radio Row as well, too. So plenty of action for you on our final day of coverage, the 2024 NFL Combine right here on SNR. Man, my holiday bills are almost as hard to get rid of as my in-laws. I guess my budget will be my New Year's resolution again. Hi there. Friendly s and Banker here. The aftermath of the holidays can be tough. Have you thought about using the equity in your home to consolidate your debt? I can do that? Yep. Home equities are one of the lowest cost financing options. At ST Bank, we can help you so you can have a financial fresh start. Stop by a branch or visit stbank.com to learn more. ST Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender.